0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. All
1: right, guys, here we go on this beautiful, what day is this? It's Wednesday. Yeah, I it's forgot. November 2nd I know, already. That's right? yeah, so weird. We're, uh, we're cheating winter here big time guys <laughs> we are we're ripping it off <laughs> i don't know what's Enjoy. happening <laughs> we just ripped that winter <laughs> week away please uh you remember that blizzard we have october 31st about yes. five years ago yes yeah was it, it was coming down, down, down sideways i mean awful it was brutal no i thought it was great because it was adventurous <laughs> It is a little adventurous. Oh, it was so adventurous. That's the Alaskan (laughs) Well, it was great. I will admit that probably is the case. I'm down with that weather, though, because me and my wife ate dinner outside last night. Because Aww. it felt that comfortable. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And it's November 1st right now. So great. I'm down great, with great, it. Great, great. I'll, I'll keep that snow away anytime. <laughs> well, it made for easy traveling for me yesterday. I wanted to update you on this one, Boom Crew. I drove yeah. right after the show. I headed down to Indianapolis yes. and uh, then drove back last night. By the way, that's a long trip. It, it is. Oh, it is. It's about four hours. Where I had to get down there was about four hours each way. You doing a uh, land there? That was a full day yesterday. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Got a few hours of radio, eight hours of driving, and not much <laughs> scenery. A little bit of fellowship, <laughs> and, No, actually it was big sky. It looked like Wyoming last night oh, driving okay. back. It was a big sky. Sun was setting. Absolutely oh, beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm glad you. But you're it was. It and... was. It was great. It was great. Uh, coming up here, I want to talk to you because we're talking about ask the experts. I want to give you a sneak peek on a friend here before we bring in Arlene Pellicane. She's going to be in here 6.30 all the way till 9, guys. We're going to be doing Q&A. By the way, if you've got questions about raising these chitlins, and it, you know, there's so many open-ended questions here we can talk about, but what about social media? What's it look like to have parents? And I think the big question a lot of parents have right now is, how in the world do you put healthy Loving boundaries around kids so that they aren't getting run over like a Mack truck by the culture that we're in. Mm-hmm. And those are really good questions. So we're going to be tackling that this morning. Uh, but I want to take you down to Indy with me because what I, what I discovered last night from a friend, a dear friend, by the way, Alumni of the Year, he and his wife last year, yeah. this year, um, for Moody Bible Institute, I want to take you down there and take you on a little mini tour. This is important, and this will show you how short life is. So we'll do that. Also, I've got a, they're calling it breakfast with Carl. I'm not feeding anyone at this. So <laughs> I can tell you that. But I oh, promise you we will have man. some grub together as a pancake feed. And then uh, following that, I'm going to be speaking on the seven resolutions where self-help ends and God's power begins. And the sponsoring church, uh, let me get the name, Grace Point, yes. Um, yes. has opened up the doors wide and said, if you're in the boom crew, they welcome you in. There's no charge. So the pancake feed is like help some kids that are putting it on get to a mission trip, which is cool.
0: Absolutely. So
1: when yeah. you eat those pancakes, make it the most expensive <laughs> pancake dinner you've ever had or breakfast you've oh. ever had. You know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, it's right. like, was, come yeah. on, plop yes. it down. Yeah. That's right. But uh, you can you can come for the uh, pancakes or you can just come for the talk, yep. either one.
2: That's it. Yeah, if you want details on it, just text the word ALIVE. The word is alive, and we'll get details uh, to you on that. Text ALIVE to 312-274-9624,
3: 312-274-9624.
2: Again, the word is ALIVE.
1: Yeah, let me explain a little bit about what I want to do there because I, messaging is important. As we're coming to the new year, it's, it's, an, it's an opportunity to have a holy reset. And sometimes when we come to a new year, We have all the best intentions, but the stats, and I studied this heavily, and it's just not just one off number. The majority of resolutions are absolutely buried under a mountain of shame two weeks in to the new year. Mm. Two weeks, guys, 85% are just buried. So we know bootstrapping doesn't work and go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And it's funny because I've got a Fitbit sitting right here. I got a friend of mine just bought me a Fitbit. How about them apples? Oh, fun. nice. Those are great. Okay. See, I didn't like my watch because the last thing my, I want my, is it called, what's the eye watch? Apple called? watch? Yeah, oh, the Apple watch? watch.
2: okay.
1: I shouldn't be in here denigrating product, but for me it <laughs> didn't work because I don't want my emails popping up on my wrist. Sure, oh, it becomes a phone okay. before you. Yeah, know. I okay. don't, I don't need, I don't need, I I, I want to shut that sucker down. Yeah, I get that. If I got my phone in my hip pocket, I don't need it hanging on my wrist. Yeah. I understand so, that. I have yeah. I have a watch that's specifically for working. It doesn't do like much phone stuff, just for working. Yeah, out. I can't respond yeah. to anything that I see, so it's and I can turn that stuff off if I want. So and that's, that's what good. I'm fired up about. So anyway, I got this Fitbit. Um, this friend of mine got me. What, how nice of him!
2: His yeah, Josh. very nice for real.
1: His name's yeah. Josh Johnson. Great kid, man. And um, anyhow, um, so I mean, even with those kind of devices, you know, they come, you know, and and that's great. And by the way, they're selling like mad. But the question is how do we get victory over those things and so this little talk i'm going to be given is really going to be a catalyzer uh to helping you i'm getting choked up this is crazy
3: well Um, you're helping people so
1: it's going to be a catalyzer to help you take your next step with jesus um in a way that you're tapping god's power and i think a lot of you feel like and i know what you feel like because i've i still can i just confess here big confession this morning I still toggle into self-help too often. It's human natures to go, I've got to do this. Oh By God's grace, God's given me victory over this self-led life significantly. And I want to pass that on to you. Cast a big vision for what 2023 can be. And it's not too early to think about it, by the way. So again, a week from Saturday on the 12th, uh, I'm going to be out in Naperville. And that's like... um, that's like the epicenter of the boom crew out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's Grace
3: Point, right? Yeah, it's going to be a Grace Point
1: church in Naperville, okay. and uh, they've opened the doors to all the boom crews. They're saying, yeah. "Bring them on in." Yeah. So that's a blessing, and uh, I look forward to it. They do, even though it's a free event, they want to get RSVPs. So they're very know, helpful on yeah, that. Yeah, how many folks are coming? Right. Um, but bring your friends, neighbors, uh, leave the cats and dogs at home, and we'll uh-huh. be good. Again, text <laughs> the word alive to yeah. us, guys.
3: Yeah, the word's alive, and uh, the number's 312-274-9624,
2: 312-274-9624.
0: Helping you start your day off right, this is Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: All right, I got the funniest text I've had in a long time here. Hey, guys, two exclamation points. This is Ashlyn. Your Wednesday PCMer, which is a Practical Christian Ministry right here at Moody yes. Bible Institute, cute. says I am stuck in the lobby on Chapman oh, Two. Oh no, no! My fob isn't Poor letting thing. me in. If someone gets a second, can one of you let me in? Uh, no. <laughs> That's really funny. I'll respond Ashlyn, to Ashlyn, we're on the way down here right <laughs> oh, away. Cute, yeah. That is outstanding. You
2: got bagels, Ashlyn. You, you, <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> got There's a price now. That's somebody, right. somebody is about two hundred feet behind us standing in. Not even, yeah. Are you yeah. need to go rescue her? Yeah, do you want me to go right now? Yeah, go All get right. her. I'll All talk right. about Jim here. Sounds I'll good. Get back here though. I want you to hear about Jim too. Well, okay. okay. Um Jim Streetmeyer won it was awarded, he and his wife Debbie were awarded uh, Alumni of the Year. And it was it was one of the most deserved awards you can imagine and the reason is is that jim is doing an inner city ministry that is unbelievable uh i told jim i'm gonna grab mark job so mark if you happen to be listening you're going with me to indy oh yeah yeah we're going to indy i think that'd be great this is a um this is a ministry that is changing lives in radical ways so jim is facing death he's had cancer come back but we're not taking this one sitting down. We're praying. Please pray for my buddy, Jim. I first met him in South Africa when we were there for a year together. Um, that's where I met him. He and his wife, Debbie, were newlyweds. Janine and I are pretty much newlyweds. and An yeah, incredible year together down there. We'd be, we've been fast friends ever since. He's totally differently than, different than me in every way. But we are locked at the hip with regard to the gospel of Christ. Jim facing death, and it's been, you know, the prognosis is not good for Jim. Uh, but Jim is amazingly robust with Jesus. Spent some time in their little home that's in a very, very impoverished area. And it, this area of Indianapolis is known for. Poverty, just straight oh. up poverty, right. very poor people, mm-hmm. every nation, tribe and tongue, not specifically any one race of people, by the way, we're the human race. So it's not any particular culture group, but the ministry they're doing is amazing. So I got, we got done just catching up, had a sweet time of prayer, had an incredible time laying hands on Jim. And then he said, come on, let's, let's, let's go have some fun. So we were going down to take them out for lunch, and that never happened because we went down to this church that had been abandoned. Uh, He picked up this humongous building, this church that had been abandoned for like $70,000 Okay, in the heart of Indy. And he set out renovating, fixing leaky roofs, he had a roof leak that was so bad it came through the roof, went through two floors all the way to the basement. Oh, no. Just rain. But they, 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 nothing for Jim. He just went about fixing this thing up. And then he showed me where they had been. They had started their medical, dental, pharmaceutical ministry to the, to the poor of Indianapolis. Wow! And then what they had done to expand it. It's the most amazing thing. The city, for $20,000, built gym, built a church, a facility to house this incredible ministry machine that they have going. Now, a lot of you might have seen medical ministries and different things like that, but this is becoming the exhibit A of how faith and care for people come together. He has 11 universities now that have interns down there on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And he walked me through something that was completed three weeks ago. The most amazing medical, dental, pharmaceutical, uh, physical therapy, extensive floor plan, the latest state of the art equipment. And this is all manned by neighborhood fellowship church. The interns come from Indiana University, Butler, and, again, 11 different colleges and universities. And they flock down there. They meet on Wednesday evenings, and then they're there on Saturdays. Jim is the greeter at the front door. He got the building for $20,000. That's what they gave it to him for. But then it was just a shell, and he had to build it out. He was able to find some folks and they gathered up about $1.4 million to outfit the place, build it out, build it out and outfit it. Yeah. And they minister to hundreds of people every week that have no health care. Hmm. They have actual fear of going to get support and help. Uh, he double insulated the dental clinic so that the yelling and screaming couldn't be heard throughout the rest of the clinic, which is one of the most hilarious things going <laughs> But the Sorry. but the but the facility is amazing, and so for two and a half hours, three hours, we were down there with Jim and Debbie. And all he could talk about was ministry, the power of Christ, change lives. The people have bought into this so fully. I'm walking through the church, and right across the streets, the medical clinic. But I'm walking through the church, and there's a woman there. Um, A woman there painting baseboard in the church who's a professional woman, got a gallon of paint out. She's painting away. Jim greets her. She's just all in, and it's just amazing. Her joy in the Lord to continue to refurbish this old church building, go down the hall a little bit further, and here's one of the teachers of a free school they provide. A public school's right behind this church, but some of the kids can't make it in public school. And he says, "Well, what are we doing for the kids that can't make it in public school?" He opened a school for the kids that can't make it in public school.
0: Oh my goodness, man!
1: Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And um, I said, uh, "When is uh, I, I see you got a humongous food bank?" Closets and closets of food and clothing. I said, When's it open? He goes, Oh, oh, Carl, it's never closed. If we're here and they have need, we give it to them. Never closes. Jim Striemmeier is one of the most radically contagious men for Jesus I've ever met in my life. And I want to ask you to join me in prayer for Jim right now. Father, heal my friend. Heal this incredibly radiant man of God. Allow him, Lord, to experience your peace right now, even as he's waking up in Indy. I really do ask that you would shrink these little gross that have come back. I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal them. I don't even ask for plan B. Just ask you to heal them, Lord. And I just praise you. You, God, are good. And I give you thanks today for Jim. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Forget the spoonful of sugar. I know it helps the medicine go down, but how to, about a bucket full of hope? I gotta be, <laughs> Even better. I got to be careful here. We've got a Sound of Music fan in the house here. <laughs> Oh, that's not Sound of Music. Spoon full of sugar that's, helps the medicine uh, go down. That's Mary Poppins. That's Mary Poppins. Sorry. Same
3: lead actress, though. Yes. So.
1: Yes. That's
3: right. Mm-hmm. See how you connect with oh, Julie that. Andrews. Yeah. Yes. Thank you
1: for pulling that out of the ashes for me. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of questions coming in. They're great. Any advice of parents with grown children who still don't know Jesus? We got tech questions coming in. We're lining them up right now. Get your questions in about parenting right for now.
3: our special guest, Arlene Pellicane, uh, text us 312 274
1: uh, she's with us
2: right now. Arlene, how are you doing, sister? I'm doing good. How are you, Carl? Good to be back with you guys.
1: Oh, this is so good. Speaker, author, media personality, blogger. Guys, she's all over the place. We're talking today's show, focus on the family, Fox and Friends, Family Life Today, 700 Club. She'd been out there mixing it up. Do you have any spare time, Arlene?
2: <laughs> of course, because we've got to have add the highlight of talking to you guys. So it's oh. like, I'm with Allie. So this is, this is completing the round. Yeah, that's right <laughs> on.
1: Way to go. You got the, boy, she's got it going on this morning. I love it. Okay. Let's tee up a question right now. Let's go, Allie.
3: Arlene, this one came in from a grandparent, a grandparent of 11 uh, says I'm concerned that they have too much screen time. I try to tell my children, uh, but of course they're not listening. I see problems that the children are having in school and their behavior Uh, It's no screen time when they're with me. We do movies on PureFlix, outdoor activities. We read. Do you think my approach is wrong as a grandparent?
2: So first of all, kudos to you, grandparent, you know, for for caring for your grandkids in this way. I was just actually at a place called Legacy Summit, Grandparenting Legacy Summit. So for this grandparent, check out legacycoalition.com and it's all resources for resources for grandparents. But one of the speakers at the summit, Jim Burns, talked about with your adult children and it's so key is that any unsolicited advice feels like criticism. Yes. So if you talk to your adult child, you know, in the manner of like, now do you understand, do you know, do you know what your child is doing and do you know your child is behind and do you know, you're messing up your child, like that kind of thing. And <laughs> even though this is totally from concern, right. and it's probably 100% valid, but your adult child is not gonna hear that. And so in our book, Grandparenting Screen Kids, Dr. Chapman kind of helps us through this because he's a grandpa and and talks about how that's not the approach. However, the approach you're doing of having a different time when they're at Nana and Papa's house, that's awesome because your grandchildren then have a taste of, oh, look, this is what an outdoor walk looks like. You know, this is what it feels like to not be on your phone all the time or not to be playing video games all the time. Or look, I'm having now a different way to experience pleasure than a video game. Like I have something else in my life, a hot, chocolate chip cookie. You know, these are all really, really good things. So keep doing that and then be praying for your adult kids, you know, to come around, you know, maybe there's a study or maybe there's a book that you want to put in the stocking with no extra words, but that you just, you know, thought you might find this helpful or asking questions, asking your adult children, Hey, I've noticed the kids when they're with me, they seem like they really gravitate toward the tablet a lot. Are are you having some struggles with that? And just kind of leave it open with with no judgment, no preconceived ideas. And your adult child may then open up to you, may then ask questions about their struggle. So just think of it like you and your adult child are on the same page, like kind of assume the best of them. We're on the same page. We want what's best for the child and we'll just keep going that route versus the you know, I really wish I could step in here because you're not parenting very well.
1: Route. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> wonderful. Okay, Boom Crew, this whole week is Ask the Experts. Arlene Pelican here today answering questions about parenting, grandparenting. What do we do with our kids? And uh, this, she's on it, guys. She is on it. She's, and this isn't just licking her finger and stick it in the air. She's got some empirical data here as well. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and crew mornings. Uh, wonderful questions pouring in here right now, guys. We're going to get to as many as we can. Ali is an expert at batching these things in common kind of themes and topics. So although we may not get yours word for word, we're going to tackle these for sure. Okay, Arlene Pellicane with us this morning on Ask the Expert Week. And uh, what a wonderful gift from God we have in Arlene today. Arlene got a question that came in. And I, when I saw this, I chuckled because I don't know one parent who hasn't battled this. Now, my kids are adults grown and gone, have their own companies. But this is, I remember when they weren't about to have their own companies. There comes some, a season in life when... Kids like this parent says, what do you do with a kid that doesn't want to do anything? What do you say, Arlene?
2: So true. So one, maybe we have kind of overdone for them so it's like they don't have to do anything because we will do it for them so if they forget something we'll go get it for them if they need help with their homework we'll sit till midnight and help them so it's like oh my parents gonna take care of that so part of it is just letting those natural consequences happen so that your child realizes oh I, I better do something about this myself so part of that is you can't want it more than your child so you want them to, to do great in sports or you want them to do great in school Mm. or you want them to get involved, but you can't want that more than them. They have to want that. And there is a certain letting go, especially as they're teenagers of like, you know, that's on you, buddy. If you want to have this kind of grade, if this, if this is the kind of effort you want to put forth, you know, that's on you now saying that you're still trying to help them. So I'm not saying just walk away from them. And I'm just saying, don't overdo for them, Mm. whatever they can do for themselves, require them to do it. You know, whether it's laundry, whether it's, you know, getting to school on time, you know, all those things, and then let there be consequences when that does not happen. Now, the motivation is really interesting, because guess what, all of us are seeking dopamine, we're all seeking like pleasure, we're all seeking that excitement, we're seeking that that experience. And so in a healthy life, you know, you're going to get a dopamine hit when you see a friend at school and you hug and you're like, hey, how was your weekend? You know, that's going to give you that you're going to get that when you have a close conversation with someone when you're playing sports next to someone. But what happens to kids, they don't get that in that way. They get it doing what? Video gaming, social media, watching YouTube. That's how they're getting their dopamine hits. And because of that, there's very little that brings them pleasure in life except sitting around on a screen. And so that's why you're like, why can't I get my kid motivated to do anything else? Well, all their brain is saying is, hey, you know what, you know what we're used to? You know what we really like? We like the dopamine that we get from that video game. We like the dopamine of figuring out how many likes that I get on social media. And unfortunately, there have even been studies like kids who use porn, that it it de- actually decreases the part in your brain responsible for motivation. Um, that's cited by John Fobert. He's a, a doctor and a specialist in internet pornography. And so the more people watch porn, the more their brains shrink, particularly in the areas responsible for motivation and decision-making. So you can see how this is such a sword for our kids Mm. to have these screens. So I really think if the person's asking this question, guaranteed there is a screen involved.
1: How many kids are watching porn? Do you have any numbers?
2: You know, I don't have a number, but it's, it's a, it's very, you know, I would say that it's very young, you know, so maybe mm. it might be eight years old in terms of the average age of seeing it. Younger for boys, a little older for girls. So, So, you know, those kinds of things. And then in terms of, yeah, in terms of overall, it's 94% of men, 87% of women have seen pornography at some point in their lifetime. And then among users, um, uh, 92% of men and 60% of women would have viewed some kind of porn in the previous month. And the problem of this is like, obviously there's so many problems, but where does this begin? It's with kids. And so that's what's awful because I think it was one in four find it through social media. So you think like, oh, you know, I want social media for my kids, especially girls, to connect with one another. But to realize, wait a minute, one out of four of these, that's how they're going to find it. That's their door, their gateway into this. So that's something really that we've got to guard against. You know,
1: I'm thinking about the parent, Nally. I think you're you're in this sweet spot right now. And it's difficult, I think, for parents to let balls drop. And to see the pain of a child that doesn't want to do anything, and then they've got to face the consequences. Help a parent. Let's do this right now because you are so good on the fly. Help a parent who feels like, "Oh, I don't know if I can let the ball drop. I don't. Yeah. It just hurts to see my kid right. hurt." It. What's What's going on spiritually that a parent yeah. needs to get a hold of to say, "All right, this is a holy, righteous thing to let
2: balls." Yes. Drive. Yes. And it's to realize too, guess what? If you let the ball drop, your child then has this opportunity to turn to God in a new way. And I think if you think of spiritual resiliency, and maybe that's something that's very dear to you and motivating, like I want my child to be close to God, like a lot of your listeners are going to say, that's a motivating factor for me. I want my child to be close to God. Well, how do we get close to God and think about it in your own life? Uh, many times, you know, I remember when I went through a miscarriage, that's one of the closest times I felt to God because I needed him. So for our children, sometimes we say, oh, let, let me deliver them, you know, out of this situation. But the parent, we are not the deliverer. It's like God is the deliverer. It is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And yes. your kid, how are they going to find Jehovah Jireh if Jehovah Jireh has never provided for them because mommy and daddy always rescue. So it is an idea of the whole council of God. I just talked to Dr. Kathy Cook about this and she talked about how your child needs to know not just that God is love because then when something unloving in their life happens they think oh God isn't real they need to know the whole counsel of God that we're telling them God is faithful God is just God is patient God is merciful so as they go through their life and they experience problems they see like oh God was this for me he was patient with me Oh, look at this. God was angry at the wrong that was done against me because he's a righteous God and he's on my side and vengeance is God's. You know, just so so they need to, how are they gonna learn that? If, if we're doing everything for them. So let the ball drop, it's okay. And we think it's loving in the moment, but you, know, you think of it like a kid who can't eat a dinner at a fast food restaurant without looking at a tablet, let's say, so your kid can't do that. And you think, well, it's a loving thing to give them the tablet so that they're amused during dinner time. I don't want them to be upset. But then later in life, you realize, oh my goodness, now he's a husband and he doesn't know how to sit next to his wife and have a conversation. And he learned that with me. So then you think, okay, what is the loving thing there? The loving thing is to train him now, let that ball drop, let him throw the fit, let him do all that stuff. So later he's going to be more ready to have good relationships. So we really have to think you're not parenting a child, you're parenting a future adult and that future adult needs that ball to drop when they, when they need it to learn a lesson.
1: This is so good, Arlene. Arlene, I I think a motivation for a lot of parents Uh, is we don't want to be embarrassed at restaurants. Yeah, We aren't even thinking about the kids as much as ourselves.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of it is that I don't want to look bad. So let me cover this up because I don't want to look bad. And so we've got to deal with our pride issues of, you know, I need to live my own life and not live through my children. Not everything about me is, oh, look what my child did. Oh, look what Johnny did now. Look at, you know, that we need to get over that and just let them live their lives and us not have our worth or our value from them.
0: Got to go into work? Don't worry, check out the Curling Crew
1: Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do something here. Not right now, because Arlene's about to answer a question. This is Ask the Expert Week. This has been off the chain amazing. Arlene is already crushing it. This is mandatory listening for parents and grandparents. Call a friend. Don't keep this to yourself. Tell them, get on the horn, 90.1 FM. Okay, I mean that. This is one of the greatest gifts you can give a friend right now. Arlene Pellicane, speaker, author, mer- media personality, blogger. she had been on today's show, Focus on the Family, Fox and Friends, but mainly she's with Carlin Crew this morning.
3: Tackling this question right now. This is from a parent who says, "How do I address the topic of homosexuality with my 11-year-old daughter?" I recently found out she's been participating in the LGBTQ Pride Club at school as an ally to a friend. I don't support this, but to make things more difficult, I am a Christian. I became a Christian about two years ago, but my wife is not. So we have different viewpoints on this subject. Oof. I don't want to alienate my wife or my daughter from Christianity. I still am trying to fight for their salvation, but I also don't want to support something that I think is morally wrong. Arlene, what do you, what do you say on this one?
2: such a great question so you begin in prayer say lord just give me wisdom at every turn lord give me wisdom what am i supposed to do and then you know very calmly and i think the way you ask this question you're going to be able to do this very easily but not in a reactionary way in a very calm way to be able to talk about what you think you know there's an amazing book by sean mcdowell it's called a rebel's manifesto and it kind of takes all these sticky topics so whether it's homosexuality transgender etc they're very short chapters even to to read that to talk with your 11 year old about it, just like, hey, this is something that I've been thinking about. And sadly, it's not too soon to to talk about and even read a few paragraphs of this with her. And for her to realize, you know, it might start like, hey, honey, I think it's so great that you want to support your friend. That's wonderful that you want to be loyal to your friends. I I do have a concern about you going to this club. You know, it might not make sense to you right now, but you become like the people that you hang out with. You know, And so this is, you know, I'm kind of doing a little role role play here, but the the five, you know, there's that statistic that you become like the five people you're with the most. And so I think as a parent that drives you to prayer, like, Lord, give my kid five good people, Mm -hmm. give my kid those good people, because it's those close relationships that will shape your child. And as they get older, you can't arrange, okay, this is their friend, this is their friend, but you can certainly pray for it. You can certainly talk about at home. What makes a good friend? You know, what makes a healthy friend? and start to put that in their mind that they can look for, uh, you know, green light friends that are completely safe. Yellow light is kind of like the, ah, you know, they're mostly okay. And then the red light is like, okay, you're going to be vaping in the bathroom in two years. So you don't want to be with that friend. <laughs> so, you know, so you kind of talk in this way so that they understand it. Now they're going to think... Well, you are so unloving because you're judging them just because they go to the pride club. You know, you don't know that they're a good person. Mm. And so listen to that and then talk about how it all comes back to creation. So if your child can grasp that I am created in the image of God, that's the base. So if they realize I'm just not this fluke, I am created in the image of God and God created male and female, then we have a starting point. And even from, from biology, if they're not Christians, like your spouse is not a Christian, even just from biology talking about how, okay, there are XX chromosomes and XY chromosomes. It's just a fact of life. And do we really want our child, you know, kind of exposed to all these things that are really outside of reality. And then also just like, let's let's just play this forward. How healthy are kids, you know, and and point to statistics that kids that are, have uh, gender dysphoria or other things, they're experiencing problems in a much greater multitude yeah. than other children. So really, you know, if, if the Bible's off the table, if creation's off the table, you can talk about health, but really, you know, talk to your child about how, you know, that's great that you want to support your friend, but you know what, honey, in this day and age, People think because you show up there that all of a sudden all your beliefs will align with this too. And do your beliefs align with this truly? Or is this just kind of the popular thing to do? I think a lot of kids are wearing the pride stuff because it's the in popular thing to do. But but if you push on it, they might not even believe that. But That's what's so dangerous is all the media is really pressing them to say, this is normal. This is normal. This is normal. And so what you're trying to do is say, this is not normal, but do it in a kind and respectful way.
1: Oh, speaking of kind and respectful, that's what I wanted to go to. Our heart is this. Um, we, We know, Arlene, that there's a lot of people that are wearing their Christianity with a badge, what I would call angry evangelicalism. And Mm -hmm. and it's nowhere in scripture. Talk about the heart of a parent behind these things and why that's so vital. I know you have a shared passion on that one.
2: Yeah, it's so true. So I think that they are going to hear us so much better as a parent or a grandparent if they hear and feel that love and to realize that the love and truth can go together, that we're not saying just be all mush, you know, soft, all just soft and gushy and anything goes. It's not what we're saying. But definitely with that hardcore center that, you know, these are the, the truths of God. These are unshakable. These are things I have to pass on to the next generation. But that is packaged in a way that that can translate to a child. And so, and I think it's really important for kids to realize this isn't a bunch of rules. This isn't a bunch of like, oh, something happened and oh, I'm gonna come down on you. But this is a place of grace. And I know you're gonna have Tim Kimmel on, on Friday. And yes. you know he's gonna talk about grace-based parenting and grace. So this is a space that is gracious, but that we have truth here and we have conviction. Because if your child isn't raised with watching you have convictions over things, you doing unpopular things, you going against the crowd, they're not going to, why would they do it if they don't even see us do it? So we really do have to set that tone. And it's exciting. Like it's it, to, to help them realize following Christ is good. It's joyful Whoa. in his presence is, is fullness of joy. It's not like, oh, you're going to follow Christ. And now it's going to be awful because we're so legalistic and we're angry all the time. And, and that <laughs> is something that right. we, we have to give to God. Like, Lord, help me with my anger, but help me not live angry. Yeah.
3: Wow.
0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on
1: 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Yeah, you need to call a friend. You got a friend who's a parent, grandparent, call them up. Tell them we're going to be here with Arlene Pelicane. Ask the expert all week long. Today, Arlene is focusing on parenting, and it is amazing. Guys, I got to tell you right now, this is this is one of the most grace-filled, powerful Uh, actionable sessions you're ever going to have. And I mean it's a session. You're sitting down and going to school on something that's really important here. Arlene is taking your questions, 312-274-9624. You can call in or text in. We're going to do our best to assemble. Ali does a phenomenal job of kind of aggregating these questions so that we can get everything covered, at least in spirit.
3: I also want to point you to uh, some resources if you want to dive deeper on some of these topics. Uh, Arlene has written a lot about screens and kids, about some more parenting helps, uh, dealing with social media. Uh, text the word parent. We'll link you to her website and some of her books. Text parent to 312-274-9624. On the table right now, a question from uh, foster parents. It says, my wife and I are foster parents. Foster ki- uh, kids come from so many different backgrounds. How do you really show a foster kid love when, boy, it
2: can be difficult? Arlene. Yeah. First of all, like kudos, right? Yeah. You are so loving and so many people we would be like, oh we can't do that but you have said yes and you have done that so that is so awesome and you know it can be the little things and I know that it can be frustrating because you think oh I wish I could take away their phone or oh I wish I could do this discipline or oh and I can't do that so what am I supposed to do and I had a friend Molly DeFrank she's written a book um, called the Two like the digital detox and she's a foster mom and she talked about how she would just do this small ritual and and you never know how long kids are gonna be in your home and she'd do this small ritual when the girl came teenager came home from school she would make a peanut butter jelly sandwich with her and they'd be at the kitchen island and she'd give her that sandwich and they'd just kind of chat about the day and then that was it and when that foster kid left the home what she talked about to Molly was that was different i never had that before nobody ever made me something and like sat there and talked to me and I really liked that Mm. and she realized that doing just that small thing really put a put a memory in that child's heart of you know someone cared about me so look for those moments of connection that maybe repeat so whether it's a a little after-school ritual that you do or you go out to ice cream once a week or something that repeats and that lets that child know that you are loved and of course Gary Chapman and the five love languages trying to figure out okay is this kid a time kid I spend five minutes of uninterrupted time just just listening to this kid. Is this kid words? Do so I do so I talk to this kid and say, Oh, I noticed that you really worked hard on that math test and you brought your grade up. That's awesome. You're being so perseverant. So just look for ways to pour love into that child for the moments that you have them. Consider it a mission field. Know that you're not going to fix every single problem that that child has over so many years in the time that you're given, but that you're going to start something really new and positive with that child and God's going to use you there.
1: Arlene, these are amazing. I I can't keep saying these. This is amazing or else this is going to sound really foolish. Amazing. Um, Okay, Uh, this is this is heartfelt. I'm hearing more of this as a pastor with every passing month. A child has just come out. Arlene, what do I do?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, to your child, you're very calm and you're rational but to your friends, you can sob, you can freak out, you can, you know, to God, you can scream. You can say, this is, how did we get here? This is not what I raised. This is this is not the values of our family, what do I do? So So rage to God, rage against the enemy, talk to your friends, but to your child, be just this kind of loving, supportive person so that your child doesn't go back and say, see, I did that, and that's when you turned on me. You know, when your child's gonna become an adult, And when your child is an adult, you want that adult child to always be able to come back to you. I think we have bought into this idea that if I agree, like if I'm courteous to you, that means I agree with you. But that's not, it doesn't, that's not the case. You can be courteous and loving to someone and still disagree with them. So really take that stance of, I'm going to love this child the same way. I'm going to communicate to this child the same way as if they were straight, you know, in terms of the way I communicate my tone and all these things, it's going to be exactly the same, but I'm going to be on my knees. I'm going to call my friends to prayer. I'm going to call fasting and prayer for my child just to have this conviction on their own for them to know that they're created. So, so it is war. Yes. But the war is not against your child. Right. That's good. Um, you know, so it's you're loving that child, you're the same, and your child knows what you think. Your child knows that you don't approve. Your child knows all these things. So it's kind of that whole, uh, you know. I'd reference Jim Burns, who works with adults, talking about how you want to keep your welcome mat out and your and your mouth shut, you know. So in many ways, if your child is, let's say, an older teen, a junior or senior, and they're going to be gone soon, that maybe your mouth is shut about this area, but your welcome mat is out, you're praying. And when your child asks you questions, you know, you know, you know, I, I want the best for you, you're saying. And I don't think this is... Uh, this isn't who you really truly are. And I really hope that you will find who you really truly are, how God has created you and you you're loving and you're leaving at that. So you're not approving of it. You're not supporting it. You know, you're not, you're not giving them money to go to some kind of pride conference, you know, so you're, you don't have to support it, but you are loving them and you are for them.
1: I'm going to quit saying fantastic or anything else. I'm going to stop. No, No, I'm not. That was amazing. <laughs> Uh, Arlene, we've got a youth pastor, a youth leader calling in here uh, with a great question. They're kind of the middle guy and they're hearing things from kids and they're wondering, how do I play this, in essence, this middleman position? Mm -hmm. Uh, They're probably getting information, insider scoop. They're getting questions. They want to honor parents, but they don't want to betray their pastoral role. What do you say so
2: tough, you know, and talk to your other youth pastor friends that you trust and ask them what they found works and doesn't work. I think prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you, give you discernment. Uh, obviously, if it's something, you know, very serious, like they're having some kind of suicidal ideation, that's kind of like you understand that, like, okay, I better yeah. talk to the parent about that. And you can talk to the child saying, I, I need to talk to the adults in your life about this. You know, but all those gray areas of like, oh, what should I do? Then I think that first contact with that child is, you know, have you talked ever talked to your parents about this? And just listen to them. What do they say? Do they have a parent that that they feel comfortable talking to this about? And then as it goes on, maybe second or third conversation, I really think this is something that your parents need to know about. So just think about that. And then maybe two weeks later, hey, have you ever, did you bring that up to your parents? And then maybe not, then, you know, I, I'm sorry, this is going many weeks into it. But then, you know, but the youth no, pastor has a relationship. And then the youth pastor is going to say something like, you know what, this is really something I think your parents should know. And I just want you to know I'm going to mention it to them. You know, and, and you are taking a bit of a risk that yeah. they might be like, oh, I can't believe you would do that. I thought you were my trusted person. But, you know, time has gone by. You've talked about it. You think this is something that the parent should know. And and there are things, you know, you don't want the parent to be in the dark if the child has questions, if the child is struggling with something, you are on the same team as the parent. Another way to do it is um, our youth pastor has like maybe once or twice a year parent nights where he talks about, kind of gives an update on the youth group and then takes questions and concerns from the parents. That's a good way to get all the parents in the room, you know, offer food and say to the parents, hey, these are the things I'm hearing from your children and then this way the parent kind of knows like oh children are saying this i wonder if it's my child but you haven't really betrayed any confidences and then it kind of Sows that seed in the parents' heart. I think that's another tactful way that you could do that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, um, Ali. I was talking with Dawson McAllister. Now he's gone on to his reward. He was a youth speaker. Okay. Back in the day,
2: mm-hmm. I know two Dawson McAllisters. Yeah, yeah, Dawson's
1: a good friend. He was he was he was my wife's youth pastor. How about them that's apples? Amaz- that's hysterical. Well, but yeah. Here's what's amazing. I went. I took Dawson out for lunch, and I want you to briefly comment on this one, but it's important. I think, especially for pastors listening. Everywhere out there. After all these years of ministry in stadiums, in some cases, I said, Dawson, boil it all down. What matters most? He said, Carl, after all my years of speaking, it's parent power. He said, if I was a youth pastor and if I was a senior pastor, I would hire a youth pastor bent toward this end, and that is equipping parents. Speak to that. Give us your best 30 seconds on that.
2: I think that's so true that a lot of times the parents will say, oh, it's the teenagers, other teenagers influencing our children. Oh, it's the youth pastor's job to train them up in God. It's the children's pastor's job. But it is the parent's job. So you are 100% right. And for us as parents, not to just feel like we're helpless, but to go after it. Those of you who are listening right now, you're going after it. Go after those tools, get what you need, get the help you need. Your influence is, is really more important than anyone else's.
0: New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings.
3: You just heard about it, but I want to make sure that you know about this event that's coming up next weekend, November 12th on a Saturday morning. If you can get out to Grace Point Church in Naperville, and I know many of you are listening from the western suburbs, uh, Carl's going to be speaking on his book, answering some questions. I think there's some pancakes involved. It's a free event, but we do need you to RSVP, so just text the word ALIVE to 312 274 9624 text the word alive to 3122749624 Here's the question for Arlene Pellicane, our ex- expert on parenting. This is a husband and a wife on totally different pages parenting. One of them is comfortable with some healthy bickering. She says, it's fine. This is what how my family did it. Well, in his family, the bickering led to strained relationships and people not speaking. So he tries to avoid conflict at all costs. Arlene, you can see how this would create some tension within the family when the parents aren't on the same page. Can
2: you speak to that? You know, One is ready to fight. Let's go. And the other one's like <laughs> under the pillow, like, Leave exactly me alone. You know? And isn't it interesting that this issue it could be anything. One's used to lots of screens. One's used to no screens. One's used to spend lots of money. One's used to save all the money. One's used to let's vacation by laying around. The other one's like, let's climb the mountain. So this kind of question, you know, is so good because it it sometimes it's not about what it seems like it's about, you know, so it seems like about, oh, this is about conflict and fighting. But I think what it's really about, and I get this idea from Bob Lapine. So you'll notice that I've quote a lot of people. So notice that how do you become an expert by like listening and reading <laughs> other people? That's how you become an expert. Yeah, that's right. But Bob Lapine in Build a Stronger Marriage, his new book, he talks about it's the first family. It's your family of origin. It's a family of origin issue. And many times we don't really see that. We, we just think it's part of ourselves. But we realize, wait a minute, I do this because this is how my parents did it. But now I'm in this new family and now I am the new family of origin and how are we going to do it? So sometimes that first step is just realizing, oh, I get it. I withdraw and I don't fight because that's what I either wanted to avoid in my first family or what I saw my parents do. And then the other person, oh, I just want to talk it out because we're like verbal processors. But my spouse is not a verbal processor, you know, so it first comes to that realization of, I get it. Like, this is how I'm like this. And we're different this way. So then you realize my spouse isn't trying to be adversarial. My spouse is just kind of doing what they're used to. And then, you know, the Bible tells us that we are leaving and cleaving that, that, you know, that a man's going to leave his father and mother, he's going to cleave to his wife. So now you're this new first family. And so now it's a new discussion. Okay, this is how I used to do it. This is how you used to do it. How can we either meet in the middle How can we maybe, when we have a conflict, let's try it your way once. And then when the next conflict we have, let's try it my way. But the idea (laughs) is we're trying to cooperate here. Like we're trying to make the best of it. And not one of us is right. We're just trying to figure out how will this work for us.
1: Arlene, uh, kind of a uh, joined question on that one is uh, our children are often very different from us, sometimes from both of us. Right. How how do we.
2: How did we get this? Yeah. How did we get this
1: child? How do we best study our children so that we can know them and then mentor them in that bent?
2: So good. You know, it's noticing, you know, what lights them up? What do they get excited about? You know, trying to see like, what fires this kid up? So I think their interests, the things that they're wired to be interested in, maybe they're really people-oriented. So, wow, we've got maybe you're homeschooler, but you've really got this people person. So it's like, okay, let's get you in a play or let's get you like in a band. Let's get you where you're going to be with people. So you're just kind of seeing what lights them up. How can I support that? And then I think just their style, like mirror their style. If you're a quiet person, but you've got a real talker, then it's like, okay, guess I guess that you know, obviously you're going to be listening a lot. That's going to be easy for you. That's going to be nice, but it's going to also require you to use your words because your kid's like, yeah. okay, if you could talk to me, I would love that, you know? <laughs> so a lot of times it's mirroring. So for the quiet person to kind of think, okay, I'll talk about my day, you know, like, okay, I went to work and so-and-so said that, you know, you're, and you're doing it out of love for your child. You're trying to mirror their style, or maybe it's the opposite. You're chatty Cathy, but your child is really quiet. Then it's like, you know, I'm going to Give you some space. I'm going to still teach you how to talk and have conversation, but I won't incessantly talk at you. I'll try my best to not (laughs) incessantly talk at you. So, kind of mirroring their style, uh, finding out if they're an introvert an extrovert. I know Holly Girth talks about the powerful purpose of introverts and really understanding that that thinking time could be very important for a child. So, seeking to understand your child, and honestly, if your child feels like, "Wow, my my parent is trying." to get to know me, even though if they get it wrong, you know, but they're trying, that's going to mean something to your child.
3: Arlene Pellicane, our special guest this morning. I want to get to this question because I don't know how much longer this young person, this child who texted us this morning is able to listen, but they yeah. said, what if the roles are flipped? I'm, I'm the child oh, that's yes. trying to grow my relationship with God. And I'm trying to urge my parents to do the same, but mm. it's hard. Precious.
2: Yes. I don't so, know how okay. old this child is, but yeah. wow. What a tender heart. So this is amazing. So just realize that how you are living your life is like your parents are noticing it. So even if they don't say to you like, oh, I see you reading your Bible. That's really good. I should read my Bible too. You know, even though they don't say that (laughs) with their words, Yeah. yeah, I should buy one of those things. Even though they don't say those words, they're thinking it. And, and you're letting the Holy Spirit work in their life. And when you're respectful to them, or when you say, Hey, I want to go to church, you know, my daughter Lucy, she's in eighth grade and she goes to public uh, middle school. And so she's been bringing a few kids to church on Wednesday nights to youth group. And the parents are not necessarily Christian, but they like the idea of their kid, you know, going to church. Yeah. And so even though those things are happening and the parent isn't going to church or the parent isn't like praying or the parent doesn't seem to have a relationship with Jesus they're seeing you're opening a door. You're like opening this amazing door to say, let me introduce you to the Jesus that I met. And it's really a beautiful thing because a parent, I mean, you're like the best person, to introduce your parent to Jesus or knowing Jesus closer, maybe your parent knows Jesus, but they're not very close to Jesus. You're like the best person because they want to hear you. Like you're the best missionary. They want to please you. They want to like be on the same page with you. So just do that in a a kind of loving, gentle way. It's the same way that if you don't want your parent to nag you, In the same way, the parent doesn't want you to nag them. Like (laughs) the parent doesn't want you being like, hey, have you read this Psalm 23 thing? It's amazing. Have you ever done this? Hey, I I noticed you have a problem. Have you prayed about that yet? Like they don't don't necessarily want that. Let me read you what
1: parents are supposed to be doing out of Ephesians. You're going to love this.
2: Exactly. Totally. Exactly. But if you say, oh, mom, I see that you're struggling with that. I just want you to know I've been praying for you about that. And you say that, like, she, her heart is going to be towards you. <laughs> so, yeah. so look, melting, totally melting. So, so look for ways to bless your parents. Yeah. Don't take the burden of like, oh, I've got to save my parents. That's not your burden. It's just you live your life knowing God, wanting to know God more and let God work on your parents and he will.
1: Awesome. All right, Boom Crew, you're listening to Arlene Pellicane. It's a week of Ask the Experts. She's tackling everything imaginable with parenting and grandparenting. Give us a call right now or text. Text is the best way actually. Text in your question for Arlene, 312 312 Two seven four nine six two four three one two, two seven four nine six two four. Text texting your question, and I know a lot of you are wondering, where's this woman from? Are they dropping off people from other planets that are this knowledgeable? She's you're Earth- so funny. She, you're so funny. She's she's <laughs> earthborn. Earthborn. And she's a great woman of God. And here's Hallible. how. Yeah, that's what makes you good. Um, and she's uh, really got some amazing resources. We've got a link for you, Boom Crew. Text the word parent right now. And we are already getting thousands of responses here. Text the word parent to 312 Just the word parent. And you will have a portal to all these incredible resources. Just the word parent to 312 312- 2749624 All about walking by faith in God. All right guys, helping you take your next step with Jesus. Did you hear the news? We are in a week of Ask the Experts. Today, Arlene Pellicane, speaker, author, media personality. She's got a podcast called Happy Home Podcast. She's been out there doing it. 700 Club Family Life today, Fox and Friends, Focus on the Family Today show, and she's here with us this morning. This has been amazing. Let me give you a couple of links. If you miss the first couple hours here, you missed a lot. And it's phenomenal content. I mean, we are just bang, lightning round in Arlene with questions that you're sending in. Get the showcast. Give it to friends. Stick around for the balance of our time here. But get the showcast. Give it to friends. Text the word show to our number here. Just the word show to 312 312 Two seven four nine six two four. 274 9624 text the word show to 312-274-9624 and while you got your phone out get this resource if you text the word parent here you're gonna get a link that has her books the happy home podcast all the resources you need come on let's have a spiritual awakening of healthy parenting and this is what you do text the word parent to that number right now you got your phone out make it happen text parent to 312 312- So here it comes, the spanking question.
3: I know, and we can't avoid it. I know that there's going to be lots of opinions, and I've already gotten opinions sent in on text message, but hey, you know what? We're going to ask Arlene, because it came in from a parent, and many parents wonder this. Does spanking work as a tool for my younger child? Arlene,
2: so I am so glad that you asked me this now that my children are older, because I always thought if you ask this while they're young, like someone's going to come to my door and be like, what are you doing to those children? Yeah. Right. So, so I have just given myself out, out that, yes, we did spank when our kids were younger. And here's the thing so spanking has to be done properly and it has a bad rap because it's done improperly so so you have to do it where you're not angry it's very measured and it's to be for reconciliation so for instance this is what it would look like right and this is so funny because we didn't want to call it spanking because we didn't want our kids to yell like i don't want a spanking you know like in the public square (laughs) so so this is so funny so we renamed it the boom boom which is even more funny because what in the world is boom boom and here is what the triple boom. boom. I thought that was so funny. So they'd be like, we don't want a boom, boom, you know? So that's what we called it. So what we would do is just like, oh, you know, stop pushing sister or whatever it would be. Oh, okay. We're going to, we're going to go, you're going to get a spanking and we take them in. And it was always in private. Never in public. Always just you and the child. Never with other siblings present. And you go, and they know exactly what's going to happen. It's always on the on the tushy, right? Because it's a lot of padding for God's purpose there. So always on the tushy. And it was, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, two two hits or two spankies, however you want to call that's them. Two boom 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 boom. That's why it's called yeah. boom boom. Exactly. So you're going to do two, and then you do doot, and then after that's over, you say okay. Now you got a spanking because you disobeyed mommy and you threw your, your thing on the floor and you broke it or whatever, like on purpose. I'm not talking about accidents. So you did some kind of, so it has to be for purposeful disobedience. Okay. So this is not an accident. This is not a mistake. This is not because I got a bad grade. You never do it for those reasons. This is, you said something and they stared you in the face and they said, you can't make me. Right. So then you're saying at a young age, so they realize, oh, you are the authority figure and I will listen to you. So you give the boom, boom. And then you say, okay, next time when mommy says to do such and such, I need you to do it. Okay, buddy okay. And there's hugs and there's love. And if you don't end on a loving note, then it didn't, it didn't quite work right. So then you got to keep, keep loving. You're like, you got it. Cause it's, cause it's, you did this thing wrong. This is a correction and now we're back on track. So that's what that looks like. And sometimes, you know, it's like you got the boom, boom, but there's still like, they're still on their rampage. They're still doing yeah. it. Oh, guess it didn't take. Let's do that again. And so we would literally like go to the bathroom, you know, three times in the 10 minute period. And then it's like, okay. And then it was really cute. My son, Ethan, who's in college now, he'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Cause we would say like, <laughs> are you back now? Like, are you good? Are you back? Cause he'd be like, ah, cry. You know, and then he'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. And, and really that's the heart of it. Like, my child is wandering, and it's my job to correct them and to bring them back. It's not a mean thing. It's not a, a a violent thing. You know, if I hit my child, are they going to hit? No, because you're not hitting in anger. You're doing it on their on their tushy. And it's it's a reconciliation kind of thing. So, yeah, I think all my kids, as they grow up, they'll be like, yeah, we're going to we're probably going to do that with our kids.
1: Okay. Boom crew, I need you to know something. We call you the boom crew because we love you, not because of boom right, booms. And, exactly. and, when, and, when, and I, when I give you a triple boom, it doesn't right. mean we're harsher than Arlene. It just means exactly. that's actually totally, they don't correlate at all. Just wanted to clear
2: that up. Right there. That's exactly okay. right. <laughs> that's a strange fluke. Yeah. yeah.
1: Strange fluke. You know, I thought about this. Your kid's yelling at a department store, don't give me a boom boom. They're going, this kid doesn't want a lollipop. What's wrong with yes, this kid?
3: Exactly. All right. Here we Good go. Good code. Arlene Pelican, our guest. If you've got a question, parenting or grandparenting, 312 274 9624.
0: Your shot of hope to make it through the day.
1: It's Carl and Crew mornings. We've all seen them. Some of us have been them. those parents that are watching their child have an absolute hissy fit, didn't know that a body could move like that on a floor, and you're in a department store. What do you do? Arlene, I'm asking this for people that may not have the courage to even type it into their text message here. What do you do when a kid is absolutely losing it in a department store and you're praying for a rapture
2: right first of all you have to realize okay 99 percent of the population has experienced this so don't worry everyone's like oh yeah we've been there so it's not as mortifying as you think right i think in that moment you do want to remove yourself so in that moment you're not like okay th- we really need to get out of here it's like extraction extraction right. so so i think in that moment it's okay we need to leave and if that means that my cart is full but i had to abandon the line, then this is part of this is part of parenting it, the kid it is gets to part of it feel
1: that with you oh mom yeah. left behind yeah. a whole cart full of groceries here
2: yeah it's true like this was this is not good and if and isn't that funny They'd be like oh yeah this is what we ate for dinner because we couldn't get our groceries because you threw the hissy fit like even though it's painful in the moment it costs you something to leave that scene and leave things behind it communicates volumes and if you will do that and then follow up strongly and i'll talk about that in a second then it'll communicate to your child, I better not do that again. That's what you're trying to do is like, okay, you made that unpleasant for me and for everyone else. We're going to make that unpleasant for you now so that you realize that's not going to work. So let's say they're throwing a fit because they wanted something. So the last thing we want to do is be like, oh, my word, you're throwing a fit here. Take the Snickers bar. That's the last thing we want to do, because guess what? Hey, we've just taught you a lesson. Let's affirm that and let's
1: do it again tomorrow. (laughs)
2: Let's do this. Let's just start this now. So so first of all, you don't give in and be willing to get, go through that fit, be willing to pay the price of leaving your cart behind, be willing to do all those things, get in the car. What you did is not acceptable. You know That's never gonna work for you. If you f- throw a fit about something, you're not gonna get it, plain and simple. And even if you can play a game with yourself, a little mental game, like you, your child wants to get a rise out of you. If you can play a mental game and say, nope, I'm unmoved, I really could care less. And even if you have to <laughs> pretend like you're role playing, like you're acting, like you're literally an actor, I could care less. Do that because your kid is trying to push your buttons, and if they realize, oh look, this really did nothing, and, oh wow, works. This, yeah, it's like I went to my room after that. I I didn't eat dinner that night, you know. And your kid will not die if no, they don't eat dinner fine. for one night. They're going to be fine. So hey, I went to bed without dinner. I threw that fit. That happened. Guess what? Huh? They're going to think twice before throwing that fit again. <laughs> so I think we overcomplicate it by thinking, oh, in this moment, let me bargain with my child. Let me try to give my child this thing. Oh I'm so you know just like hey game on you want to play that game I can play that game too
1: We got a parent that uh, been talking to their child about gossiping telling her what God says about gossiping and she said everyone does it so it's okay mm-hmm. she's going to continue to gossip What's a mom to yeah. do
2: and This is the parent yeah. of an adult child yes. their adult child This is, is an
1: adult child
2: Yeah. Okay. So, because they're an adult child, you can't necessarily tell. You can't advise them in the same way as you might want to guide, especially like a younger child or a teenager. With that adult child, I think it's maybe questions. It's it's asking them. Okay. So, if gossiping is okay, then hey, when someone finds something out about you that's not necessarily true and tells that to a coworker, how do you feel about that? You know, so it's more right with that adult quest, adult child, it's asking questions. And I think with your younger kids, it can be that way too, but then it's much more guiding with if you find that, you know, because the younger kids are going to do this too because everybody wants to talk about something. So let's talk about this kid and what they did or what they didn't do or so-and-so was at a party and they got drunk and let's talk about this. And, and, and you know, and, and it might even be the kind of thing where, You can give that visual illustration of, hey, if you've got this pillow with all the feathers in it and you throw it in the air and all the feathers go everywhere and you say, bring me all the feathers. And, you know, for a younger child, the kids like, I can't do that. Well, that's like our words. Like when you say these words, you can't take them back. So you really have to think twice. Is it true? Is it helpful? You know, before you talk in this way, that
1: might be a lesson worth doing. Yeah. No, I'm not not kidding. They
2: would remember. It's true.
1: I mean, get a feather pillow, cut that sucker open and say, this is gossiping. Yeah. Whoa.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Wow. All about walking by faith in God. All right, guys, helping you take your next step with Jesus. Did you hear the news? We are in a week of Ask the Experts. Today, Arlene Pelican, speaker, author, media personality, she's got a podcast called Happy Home Podcast. She's been out there doing it. 700 Club, Family Life Today, Fox and Friends, Focus on the Family Today Show, and she's here with us this morning. This has been amazing. Let me give you a couple of links. If you miss the first couple hours here, you missed a lot, and it's phenomenal content. I mean, we are just bang, lightning rounding, Arlene, with questions that you're sending in. Get the showcast give it to friends, stick around for the balance of our time here, but get the showcast. give it to friends, text the word show to our number here, just the word show to 312-274-9624. Text the word show to 312-274-9624. And while you got your phone out, get this resource. If you text the word parent here, you're going to get a link that has her books, the happy home podcast, All the resources you need come on let's have a spiritual awakening of healthy parenting and this is what you do text the word parent to that number right now you got your phone out make it happen text parent to 312-274-9624 so here it comes the spanking question.
3: I know. And we can't avoid it. No. I know that there's going to be lots of opinions, oh, and I've already boy. gotten opinions I sent know. in I on saw. text message. But hey, you know what? We're going to ask Arlene because it came in from a parent, and many parents wonder: this does spanking work as a tool for my younger child? Arlene.
2: So I am so glad that you asked me this now that my children are older, because I always thought if you ask this while they're young, like someone's going to come to my door and be like, what are you doing to those children? You know, right. so, so I have just given myself out, out that, yes, we did spank when our kids were younger. And here's the thing so spanking has to be done properly and it has a bad rap because it's done improperly so so you have to do it where you're not angry it's very measured and it's to be for reconciliation so for instance this is what it would look like right and this is so funny because we didn't want to call it spanking because we didn't want our kids to yell like I don't want a spanking you know like in the public square (laughs) so so this is so funny so we renamed it the boom boom which is even more funny because what in the world is boom boom and here is what the triple Boom. I thought that was so funny. So they'd be like, we yeah. don't want a boom, boom, you know? So that's what we called it. So what we would do is just like, oh, you know, stop pushing sister or whatever it would be. Oh, okay. We're going to, we're going to go, you're going to get a spanking and we take them in. And it was always in private. Never in public, always just you and the child, never with other siblings present. And you go and they know exactly what's gonna happen. It's always on the on the tushy, right? Because it's a lot of padding for God, god's purpose there. So always on the tushy. And it was, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, two, two hits or two spangies, however you want to call that's them. Two boom, boom. Boom, boom. That's why it's called yeah. boom boom. Exactly. So you're gonna do two and then you do, doot, And then after that's over, you say, okay. Now you got a spanking because you disobeyed mommy and you threw your, your thing on the floor and you broke it or whatever, like on purpose. I'm not talking about accidents. So you did some kind of, so it has to be for purposeful disobedience. Okay. So this is not an accident. This is not a mistake. This is not because I got a bad grade. You never do it for those reasons. This is, you said something and they stared you in the face and they said, you can't make me. Right. So then you're saying at a young age, so they realize, oh, you are the authority figure and I will listen to you. So you give the boom, boom. And then you say, okay, next time when mommy says to do such and such, I need you to do it. Okay, buddy okay. And there's hugs and there's love. And if you don't end on a loving note, then it didn't, it didn't quite work right. So then you got to keep, keep loving. you like, you got it. Cause it's, cause it's, you did this thing wrong. This is a correction. And now we're back on track. So that's what that looks like. And sometimes, you know, it's like you got the boom, boom, but there's still like, they're still on their rampage. They're still doing it. Oh, guess it didn't take. Let's do that again. And so we would literally like go to the bathroom, you know, three times in the 10 minute period. And then it's like, okay. And then it was really cute. My son, Ethan, who's in college now, he'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Cause we would say like, (laughs) are you back now? Like, are you good? Are you back? Cause he'd be like, ah, cry. You know, and then he'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. And, and really that's the heart of it. Like my child is wandering and it's my job to correct them and to bring them back. It's not a mean thing. It's not a, a a violent thing. You know, if I hit my child, are they going to hit? No, because you're not hitting in anger. You're doing it on their, on their tushy. And it's, it's a reconciliation kind of thing. So yeah, I think all my kids, as they grow up, they'll be like, yeah, we're going to, we're probably going to do that with our kids.
1: Okay. Boom crew, I need you to know something. We call you the boom crew because we love you, not because of boom right, booms. And, exactly. and, when, and, when, and I, when I give you a triple boom, it doesn't right. mean we're harsher than Arlene. It just means exactly. that's actually totally, they don't correlate at all. Just wanted to clear that up. There.
2: That's exactly okay. right. <laughs> that's a strange fluke. Yeah. yeah.
1: Strange fluke. You know, I thought about this. Your kid's yelling at a department store, don't give me a boom, boom. They're going, this kid doesn't want a lollipop. What's wrong with yes, this kid?
3: Exactly. All right.
1: Here we Good go. Good code.
3: Arlene Pelican, our guest. If you've got a question, parenting or grandparenting, 312. 2749624 Coming up Arlene I want you to help parents who have a child battling either depression or anxiety mm. issues. How can a parent help?
0: Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings.
3: You can hear more from our guest, Arlene Pellicane, on the Happy Home podcast. Just search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can text the word parent to get connected to her and some more resources. Parent to 312-274-9624. Arlene, speak to parents. And I, anecdotally, with COVID and a lot of things that's been going on over the last couple of years, More parents seem to be trying to help kids who have some anxiety, depression issues, maybe that have resurfaced, maybe that are brand new. What do you say to parents?
2: Such a good question. I'm so glad you asked this, and I think part of it is how we label things, how we name things. So if a child is saying, you know, I am, I'm anxious or I'm depressed, help them talk with them. Say, okay, tell me more about that. You know, what are you anxious about? I'm anxious because. When I go to school, I don't know where to sit at recess, or I don't know where to go at lunch, you know, et cetera. So try to make it more specific because sometimes when we're just this big cloud of like, I am a, I'm anxious, I'm an anxious person, I'm a depressed person, then all of a sudden that's the filter that you look at everything through that filter. But if you can get them to say, I'm anxious because of this, then you realize, okay, then let's pray about that specific situation that at lunch, you will have someone to sit with. And guess what? This opens the door for God to work supernaturally in your child's life. So help them with that language of, of what are you depressed about? What are you anxious about? Um, you know, talk about, the, the. I think of David Thomas, who who is a wonderful counselor. and He talks about the scale of, you know, one to 10, 10 being that, you're, that your parent just died. One being that you, you know, forgot to put your chips in your lunch. You know, where does this fall in this scale and help them gain, they don't have that perspective as a child. So help them gain that perspective of what's going on. Now, listen, so I'm not saying to belittle what they're saying to just say, Oh, that's nothing. That's not what I'm saying. You know, help them to listen. Oh, that must be very hard. That must be very difficult that you went through that. Oh, that happened to me when I was a kid too. So be there, have empathy, listen to them, but, but help them to kind of understand understand it a little bit better and then realize that it probably has something to do with what the, what's happening with screens because you know you look further back 2004 to 2014 depression rises 37 percent. john hopkins university finds that's a huge jump oh, and what happened you know we got that phones, arlene we got social- whoa whoa
1: whoa time out is that's some important empirical data there
2: 2004 to 2014 so 10-year period 37 percent spike in depression so what happened right we got phones social media we decided to not talk to each other you know because that's therapeutic talking to each other laughing with each other joking with each other now we just point to our phones look at the phone look at the funny video laugh about that but there's no real therapy there. You know their laughter is good. That's good. But when you are talking to each other and relating each other's stories, right? Sharing stories about yourself with people who care about you and exchanging those stories That's very therapeutic. And those things have largely disappeared. And instead, we're like scrolling and we're looking at people that we barely know and we're like kind of stalking them, (laughs) you know, like it's permitted. It's you're supposed to. But it's that's why, you know, if you just even help your child get off their devices more, get them in nature more, get them talking to people more. Those will be helpful things to have that anxiety and depression those, you know, not have such a a big ground. And then realize, just because they're having a depressed day or sad day or anxious day, it doesn't help them realize, okay, this was two weeks ago, but you're feeling much better now. And all of us go through problems, just kind of help them frame that, that and obviously, if it's something that week after week after week, they cannot shake, then it is time to see a counselor, it is time to look for help, all those things.
0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM
1: Moody Radio. Ask the experts all week long. This has been an amazing week already, guys. This is just phenomenal. Arlene Pelican with us today. We're talking about parenting, grandparenting, and all things included in that big bucket. Arlene, when I was a kid growing up, we didn't have devices, but um, although my parents were Christian freedom fighters, and I want to be clear with this, I felt a bit deprived on some things, and I began to hide. We don't want to raise kids that hide, and by the way, I've had great talks with my 94-year-old dad and 88-year-old mom many years ago about that, I had a really grace-filled conversation. I don't know that you can fully prevent any hiding at all. My goodness, that's part of the growing growing experience. But how do we, with devices especially, because you get these little kids that are getting these iPhones handed to them and they have full access or access to so much, whether it's holding off on when a child gets a device or curtailing screen time, how do you Send a message to your kid that's filled with grace. Not that we have a religion of deprivation, kids. Welcome to our home.
2: It's so true that it's not about deprivation. It is about what you want them to experience. It's the opposite. So it's really kind of thinking, you know, would you rather really climb Machu Picchu or would you rather like look at a video of it? You know, so it's kind of giving that child from, and that's the parent's standpoint, not like, oh, we just got to keep you from all these things. But the parent's standpoint is there is so much of life to experience that we don't want you just to watch it. So I feel like if you really can get that in your heart that I want my child to live, I don't want my child to watch because that's what kids are doing. They're watching people play video games. They're watching people ride skateboards. They're watching people be fashion moguls. And they're not like doing these things that's themselves. So, true. so for us to realize this is not deprivation, that is deprivation. And really, I, I honestly think if you believe that and can see through it and see that while well, that's deprivation to just be like a slave to this thing and just sit here and never experience anything yourself, just watch other people, celebrities do it. Like who wants to do that? So if you realize that then you're 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 coming from this different plane of hey we don't want you to miss your interest so let's get you doing all these activities and finding what's your sweet spot you know I've got one daughter who loves horses I have another daughter who loves comic books I have another you know kid who loves to read you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so these are that's not deprivation that's helping them discover what they like so first of all get in that mindset and talk in that way so we're not trying to withhold we're trying to do it so that hey you actually know how to have a conversation and that doesn't frighten you at all look at this you're on the debate team you're learning how to defend ideas you're learning how to overcome your fear of speaking in public okay you ride horses and you're learning responsibility you love this animal you're you know what i'm saying it's not deprivation it's like it's the opposite i remember yes right arlene it's the bigger Yes, yeah. so my kids all went to public school. They didn't have you know smartphones. So I remember when my kid Ethan came home um, after the summer break. He was in sixth grade, and all the kids. So this is exactly the answer, like what you're saying. The, the sixth graders were like, "How did you survive in the summer without video games? Like that's so awful, right? So deprivation. So like how? But he said to me, Mom. That's all they know how to do. And I'm like, how did you guys survive without? And, you know, he's in sixth grade. It was so funny. He's all without martial arts and without Winston Churchill, because he was like really into World War II, then <laughs> without playing the piano. Like, how do these kids survive that they so don't even good. know who this man is? You know, <laughs> so it's really funny. So if your kids, they need to get a taste of what else is out there. And then they'll realize, oh, technology is part of that, but it's not everything. And you know, the statistics are telling us now that half of two to four year olds have their own tablet or smartphone. Half of, now talk about a shocking statistic, half of two to four year olds have their own tablet. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to, that's what they're going to know. And that's kind of all they're going to know. And so they're going to miss So much experience of life, and that's what we're trying to avoid. So, it is a very positive thing we're trying to do.
1: All right, Alex got a question, but I got to jump in to the parent that's feeling deep conviction right now cuz their child has that what do you what's the quick fix right there
2: yeah and it is we can assess and realize that this is ha- this is what happens we we you know the bible tells us that we walk and we stumble and we get back up again and so it's talking to your child hey you know what i've been thinking about this and i really realize this was not the right time to give this to you and it's my fault and i'm sorry so i'm going to be collecting the tablet it's no longer yours you'll be able to use it on saturday between Two and four PM. But then otherwise, we're gonna do other things. We're gonna see if you like to draw, we're gonna see if you like sports, we're gonna play soccer, we're gonna do these things, we're gonna bake cookies, we're gonna go visit grandma, we're gonna go to the zoo, you know. And then you might be thinking, Yeah, who's gonna do all those things with my child? So, you know, so think about it, you know, what what is the thing you are able to do with your child, to offer, to say, you know, hey, this is what we're gonna do instead. And honestly, if if you just give them books and you say we're gonna go to the library and that's what you're gonna get instead, and they they hated at first. It's only going to take a little bit of time and they're going to thank you. And it's going to be just as good.
0: Want more from your morning show? Check us out on social media. Just go to Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram
3: want to point you to an event that you are invited to, November 12th. It's a Saturday morning out at Grace Point Church in Naperville. So, hey, Western suburbanites, this is for you. Carl's going to be speaking, doing a Q&A, also a pancake breakfast. He's going to be speaking on his book, The Seven Resolutions. So if you want to get out there, maybe you have some questions or you want to get a book signed, text the word ALIVE to 312 312- 274-9624 we'll get you the details totally free but we do need you to RSVP so just text alive to 312-274-9624. We have Arlene Pelican with us answering some of your most pressing questions about parenting and grandparenting.
1: So many good questions pouring in here. Uh, let's pick one off here. We've got they're just coming in left and right. There's one though that that came in earlier in it And it deals with the, they, a woman said, I have four nieces and nephews and I see their parents slipping away from the Lord and I'm heartbroken. Now we we've gotten several questions along these lines where people are seeing folks slip away.
3: Yes. Whether it's an aunt or grandparents,
1: grandparents in laws. How do they invest in these kids?
2: Yeah. And is it, are you thinking of how do I invest in these grandkids or Uh, how do I invest in
1: these adult kids? So these are, let's, let's take both. Let's say they're little kids and parents are slipping away and they're an aunt or an uncle or they're a grandma and a grandpa. And then let's go for the adult.
2: Yeah. So let's say you see that child and you're like, oh, I want to do something. So pray, ask the Lord, Lord, give me an open door so that I can make a difference in that child's life and just kind of listen to God. What's he saying? And I know a lot of people, they will like sponsor a summer camp, you know, something like that to say to that, to, you know, if you're an aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, hey, there's a great Christian summer camp happening. And a lot of times a parent will be like, okay, like you're going to pay for a week for my child to go to camp. Okay, like a lot of times they'll do that. And honestly, that camp experience could be something very, very special that's used in the heart of that child forever. So I think if you have the financial resources to send that child, to offer that child some kind of spiritual experience that's really fun for the kid and also a win for the parent, I think that is a huge gift. Obviously, not everyone can do that. Maybe that's not feasible. And so that might be inviting them to your house. Maybe it's that they come to your house for three days, you know, and, and you pay for the flight there and that gives the parent relief and it gives and then you set up all sorts of fun activities and and that's your chance to sow the seed of the gospel in their life so that's very intentional you know that doesn't happen on accident so it really is thinking intentionally how can I reach this child? And it can be, you know, if it's a teenager, it can be like, Hey, I I care about you. I'm going to be sending you like a weekly text and it's going to be my weekly saying of the week, you know, and you're, and you're, uh, you know, the kid might be like, this is really dumb, but they'll actually like (laughs) it, I think. And it might be that you're texting like a Bible, you know, you're texting them a Bible verse, you're texting them some kind of spiritual encouragement. So, so look for those ways, whether big or small to have impact on that child's life, because you can make a difference. You are a trusted voice in their life and you can make a difference and then with the adult that you're just trying to woo back that that is you know like we've talked about that open door that disposition of grace of love they know what yeah. you think they know what you believe they yeah. know that they've strayed they, right. they get all that so for you just to be like hey if there's anything I can do to help you you know if there's and a lot of times it's through watching the kids that that's how they need the help because they feel like oh what am I supposed to do so you're like hey I'll, I'll take her to volleyball if you want me to then all of a sudden you're like a saint you're like oh thank you you know, so. Just just kind of building up that that currency of showing them that hey I love you I care about you and and praying for them and then offering you know inviting them to church inviting the kids to church just continually being that presence and I think of it more of an invitation so that you're giving invitations to them easy invitations that they can say no to hey you want to join this mobs group at my church it might help you hey you want to join we're having a special Christmas parade you want to go hey we' you know those kinds of things and and then you know you don't nag them about it but just so that they know you care mm.
3: Arlene Pellicane our special guest right now Arlene I want to get back to this question uh the, the for the parents who was absent while their child was growing up, whether they were physically absent or they were physically there, but checked out in every other way. How does a parent who kind of blew it really connect with their adult child now. Yeah, what do you say? Yes.
2: Yeah. And so this is a huge thing, right? It's like something a big monumental thing. It's not just something you can text and be like, "Sorry, yeah, you know I was exactly. not there. Sorry." You know, and so this is again, we're just going to seed everything in prayer, like praying for God to open the door, praying for their hearts and then really owning up to what you've done, you know, owning that and and being responsible to that. So that might look like a child of mine, I've really been thinking about you and the kind of relationship that we might have as adults. And there's a lot of things that I want to say sorry about. And so I'm wondering if you'd be open for us to have that conversation. So it kind of, you know, starts there. And then maybe, you know, whether that apology is face to face, whether that apology is voice to voice over the phone or like FaceTiming, or maybe it's a written letter. So, you know, just kind of think about how you are, how your child is, but you're basically wanting to, take responsibility and say, these are my regrets. These are the regrets I have in raising you. These are the f- shortcomings I had. And I'm sorry, you know, maybe your child never understood. Why weren't you there? Yeah. So maybe this is an opportunity for you to explain. These are the, and now they're an adult, they can kind of get it, you know, so these are the the responsibilities I had. These are the pressures I had. These are the lies that I bought into. And, and you're really like, this is a big exercise. So this is going to take you a while to figure out, you know, those things. And then you're presenting this to your adult child. And then you're know you giving maybe, if this happened face-to-face, then that's something. If you're writing a letter, then then you're letting that sit for a little bit. And then maybe you're saying, is it possible for us to meet? I don't know where you are geographically. So is it possible for us to be face-to-face? And then you've kind of said your thing. And now maybe you're just saying, I just want to listen to you, the adult child of mine. I just want to listen to you. What kind of impacted this have on your life and let them talk to you and this could really be something hugely you know therapeutic and healing for both of you and then to just take those baby steps not to think like oh we're going to have this conversation and then we're going to be best friends and we're going to be on every instagram photo taking selfies of each other you know just to realize that this is a great first step and we are now rebuilding a new relationship as adults and it could be something really beautiful but again you know, if your adult child doesn't respond how you want them to, to be okay with that, to to say, you know, come what may, I need to say this and I'm just going to keep loving them and I'm going to keep hoping for baby steps to have a closer, better relationship.
0: Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings.
3: Some unique challenges faced by parents of children with special needs. I don't have to tell you that. If you are uh, living that life, you know Arlene Pellicane, our guest right now. What do you say to parents? Let's speak specifically to this issue of tech. Tech can provide some unique opportunities for children who have some challenges, but certainly downsides there as well. What do you say to the parent who's feeling guilty over the amount of time their special needs child relies on tech?
2: Yeah, I would say look for people who have kids with special needs similar to your child's and is anyone doing it without tech? And if they are find out like, okay, tell us, how are you doing it? What did you do? And then if you're like, okay, we have found no one like that, which is very possible, is, you know, think of the t- the content, the tech content is important. So if this is all very stimulating, it's video games, it's, you know, all the you know, it's, it could be that it's violent, it could be just that it's overstimulating, etc. Like watching that is much different than let's say, Mr. Rogers, you remember mm-hmm. if you remember him. So you know, one camera very still. So the content matters, what kind of pacing is there? What kind of of just chemically in the brain, what is happening. And even if you went back to a, if you're able to, like, let's say this is happening at home and you can go instead to a DVD where they're watching a movie instead, that could really be helpful because then you know exactly what is being watched and there's not so much just like always overstimulation of the brain. So moving even to something you know that's it's funny if kids get used to this you know 15 second hit of all these crazy videos watching a a regular two-hour movie feels slow to them which is kind of crazy (laughs) but we're just trying to slow slow it down a bit for that kid and I think about my friend Jennifer Degler I had her uh, she's a wonderful uh, psychologist and author she was on my happy own podcast but her son was diagnosed with ADHD with learning disabilities when he was in kindergarten he couldn't see the like when she said what is that letter and She knew he knew the letters because he's saying the alphabet song. But when she pointed to the B, he didn't know it. And Mm. she was thinking he was pulling a fast one. But after all this testing, they really found out. And she was told your child really is at risk that he will, he could potentially never read. So she was just freaked out. She got all the books. And I know if you're listening, you've been there. You got all the books about whatever your child has and you read over it. And she couldn't believe it. But she heard God speak to her that, Jennifer, this is for the glory of God, and I will do something in your child. And she decided this is not a something bad this is a gift you know there was that story of G- of the man born blind and they were asking him who sinned that he was born blind mm-hmm. and jesus says neither his this man or his parents but this happened that the work of god could be displayed in his life and so jennifer really saw that as okay i'm going to accept that i'm going to believe that by faith this is so god can be displayed in his life and you know what he went on to read when he was in fifth grade he got like the student award and she wanted to t- jump jump and stand on the chair this is the glory of god you and this kid has gone on to to graduate college like he really did it and I think a lot of that had to do with her enthusiasm of her being realistic but her really believing this is for the glory of God so I know not every day you feel this way but let this be your moment of feeling you know what God's going to use this and I'm going to see the power of God displayed in my in my child's life
1: Uh, We're doing Ask the Experts all week. Today, Arlene Pellicane, speaker, author, media personality, she's been, guys, listen to this, she's been all over the place. Today's show, Focus on the Family, Fox and Friends, Family Life Today, 700 Club, and she's with us this morning. And I want you to know that her resources, including the Happy Home podcast, everything can be accessed off one with one link. So just text the word parent, just text the word parent to 312-274-9624. Just the word parent to 312-274-9624. You will get that link and you will be set. This is amazing counsel here. Okay, Arlene, I'm asking a question for some parents that might even be afraid to ask this. Not afraid, but maybe ashamed. Uh, A parent has come to the awareness that their behavior is rubbing off on their children whatever that is, or the way they fight with their spouse is affecting their kids. When you see behavior that you know is out of line with God's calling on our life, we know how we handle that with God. We talk about that here all the time. But how do you handle that with kids? Tackle a couple of different ages. Uh, We're doing ask the experts all week today Arlene Pellicane Speaker author media personality. She's been guys listen to this. She's been all over the place today's show focus on the family Fox and friends family life today 700 Club and she's with us this morning and I want you to know that her resources including the happy home podcast everything can be accessed off one with one link So just text the word parent, just text the word parent to 312-274-9624. Just the word parent to 312-274-9624. You will get that link and you will be set. This is amazing counsel here. Okay, Arlene, I'm asking a question for some parents that might even be afraid to ask this. Not afraid, but maybe ashamed. Uh, A parent has come to the awareness that their behavior is, is rubbing off on their children, whatever that is, or the way they fight with their spouse is affecting their kids. When you see behavior that you know is out of line with God's calling on our life, we know how we handle that with God. We talk about that here all the time. But how do you handle that with kids? Tackle a couple of different ages,
2: yeah, so, you know, like you were saying, our kids become little mini me's. Yep. And so we have to, and really they're sent to us, I think, to improve us. They're sent to us to say, like, <laughs> that's okay, what it let's, is. Let's, true. Yeah, that's true. That's why, that's why God sent these people yeah. into my life. So I think that realization and a humility that says it's okay to not have it all together like i am a work in progress and my kids are a work in progress and even to communicate that to your kids when you blow up and you were sorry to say oh you guys i'm so sorry like i really have to work on that like to be very let them hear you processing that out loud or you know hey i'm i'm i shouldn't have said that to daddy that wasn't appropriate i'm sorry and i'm going to go apologize to him right now so we're working on it you don't have to come to it perfect but let's not stay in this what we know is not right either like we want to become more like Christ we want to have more of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives so we're not alone in this we have the Holy Spirit to help us we can admit our faults along the way and then I think really look for those small wins Of and, and don't be afraid to ask for help so if you know okay my pain point is that my husband and I were going at it we are yelling at each other it's not good for the children then maybe you and your husband make a decision that this is not good for the kids. So we are going to have a truce at the dinner table. We're going to have a truce. Anytime we're in open air space. we are in truce mode. And we don't say anything unless it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's reasonable. And then if we're going to go in this crazy mode, we, we will literally, you know, go in the van in the, in the garage and we'll just have it out while the kids are asleep, whatever. But really, like, come, come to what's the next step? that will help you be healthier. And then maybe the next step after that is like, Hey, you know, maybe we should go to counseling or maybe we should read a book together, or maybe I should write this down. Or maybe you should take a walk before like get your energy out. Maybe you should hit this punching bag before, you know, and I'm not trying to say anything about domestic violence. That's not cool. What I'm saying is when you're angry, get, get that aggression out and then let's have a conversation. You know, maybe there are tools you can look for to help in those situations. So don't stay stuck. Get the help you need, but make it small, like that first thing. Don't think like, oh, we're gonna make everything magically right. But just right. say, hey, we're gonna move the fighting to the garage after the kids are in bed where they can't hear us. You know, then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take this fighting and then instead of, you know, accusing, we're gonna take the accusing out of it. Then we're gonna, you know, you know what I'm yes, saying. It, so yep. do these like small steps so you're getting better and even let your kids know. We, mommy and Daddy struggle with this and we're trying to get better and here's what we're doing. And that keeps you accountable because then you're like, oh, I'm resorting to name calling. And I just told my kids that I would not do that because I don't want them to resort to name calling. So all of a sudden, you know, you don't want to use them like they're your counselors. They're your kids. So, please, yes. you know, don't put that kind of pressure on them, but let them observe you trying to improve yourself. and And they will also be better for it and Our- admit your mistakes readily
3: got Arlene Pelican with us this morning. Arlene, I've seen quite a few questions along this topic of parents of adult children who are struggling with their children's choices. Some of them revolve around, I don't agree with my kids' parenting decisions. My yeah. child has walked away from the faith, but all in the same lane of I'm watching this unfold this is not good, but my kids are adults now. How do I still help parent and guide them without overstepping? Man, I want them to make good choices. What do you say? 312-274-9624. Arlene, let's answer this one for adu- parents of adult children. Many of them have texted in this morning. How do I not overstep when I see my my adult child making choices I don't agree with, whether it's their parenting, their faith? I don't agree, and I'm not sure what to say.
2: Yeah, I'm going to lean into my friend, Jim Burns, who writes about doing life with adult kids since mine are younger, but he it's really interesting. He talks about that today's young adults, that they meander towards independence compared to previous generations. <laughs> I really like that, right? And he's saying that that changes, it complicates the parent's role because they're like, okay, you're supposed to be independent, but I'm watching you and you're not acting like you're independent. And so he advises for, you know, you wait for them to ask you questions. So you don't give the unsolicited advice because that sounds like criticism. He advises that you allow experience to be the teacher because experience is a better teacher than advice. So you've probably given your advice already prior to this exact moment. So they've gotten that. So it could be a stepping away. As we talked earlier in the show about letting that ball drop, like it's stepping away and and letting that child experience so they learn like, oh, this is how debt works works. Okay, good to know, right. you probably shouldn't spend that. So so it's a stepping away. But the bottom line is that they know that you love them. They know you're for them. Like you can be enthusiastically for your child, even if they're making stupid mistakes, or even when they're doing things that break your heart. But you can still let them know, I am crazy about you. I love you. I'm going to send you a care package full of your you know favorite cookies or whatever. But you don't have to over rescue them. You don't have to solve all their problems because they need to experience those problems so that they can really grow up. So they need sometimes the tough love and that's not being mean to them. Coming
1: up here, Arlene, what do you do with a child who is, I forget who coined the phrase strong-willed child. I guess that was Dobson. Um, but what do you do with a, with a child who gets a boom boom? That's code for uh, spanking. And you, if you haven't heard that piece, boy, you better get the show cast here, Boom Crew. You're going to love this. But what do you do with a child that, with any kind of healthy, godly discipline, is just resistant? And, I mean, they just keep coming back at you again and again and again. Arlene Pellicane on that question straight ahead.
0: Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
3: We've got Arlene Pellicane with us right now answering your questions on parenting and grandparenting.
1: Uh, some questions kind of allude to this. This this is a tough one because sometimes we, every little kid has a unique personality. Some of them are super strong. And I mean, it's like, wow, this, is, this kid is going to lead something. And I just hope it's the wrong direction, the right direction. Arlene, what do you do with a strong kid? You've tried to put healthy parameters. You've, you've given him great consequences. He or she is just fighting you at every corner. What do you do, Arlene?
2: Yeah, I actually, God is so good because I just talked to a mom who has a strong willed child. Her name's Wendy Snyder, and I had her on my podcast. And she was talking about how, you know, she's strong willed. She's got this strong willed kid. And she's thinking, just like you said, someday this kid's going to be the CEO. But for now, this kid's just driving me absolutely insane. Right. And she talked about it's the power struggle that this child wants power and when they feel like they have power they feel good and so it became this idea of as a child saying okay you are in charge of such and such like you are in charge of breakfast duty and you have to make sure that your younger sister is seated by seven o'clock and then all of a sudden this really strong-willed child is like okay I'm in charge of breakfast duty. Everyone's got to listen to me. And it was it completely transformed their home. So what she did is when they were young, she would give them these roles, these duties. You are such and such person. You're in charge of backpacks. Every backpack must go through you and you must put them in the right places. You are in charge of, you know, costumes. And you've got to make sure you've got the right clothes for every day of this week. So she just kept making her, you are in charge of such and such. So, you know, she wanted to... She got these rocks from her grandma like pretty sparkly rocks and she's like it's a saturday morning i want to sell these rocks and you know the mom kind of felt like that's dumb you want to sell these rocks but she was like you know what you are in charge of selling rocks and so she went out to her front yard as as the rock entrepreneur being given that title and she sold them for like six dollars or something so this mom was just saying if you give them like you are in charge of such and such and you give them power you know, and they feel like I have the power to choose this. They, they thrive under that. So that was really interesting. So she gave her names for everything. Like you are the the, the, the car safety instructor. And then you have to make sure everyone is, everyone's got their seatbelt. I mean, it was so brilliant because all of a sudden now you've got this strong-willed child and they're now helping you enforce what you need. So it's really funny. So just think of it. My child wants power. How can I give them appropriate power that lets them express themselves in this way? And that's a win for the family.
1: That is profoundly insightful. Way to go. What's the name of that person you had on your podcast? Wendy
2: Snyder. Wendy Snyder. So she does like, you know, m- master classes and things like that to help with positive parenting, helping the strong willed child. Yeah. Great stuff. My
3: goodness. Okay, this is going to be our last question of the day. This one came in from a a father of a couple of children, four children or three children. They are not going to church. My wife doesn't go to church. I am so desperate to get them to come to Mm. church, but they're listening to her and not me. What's a dad to do? What do you say, Arlene?
2: So this is actually lovely because usually it's the mom right? Usually it's the mom that's like, I'm going to bring my kids to church, but I can't get my husband to go to church. (laughs) I think because you are the father and you have that leadership role that this is really fantastic. And even if your wife and your kids don't go with you, that you keep going and they see you get dressed and go to church. That's going to make a profound impact that they're going to say, wait a minute, maybe that's real because my father goes to church. And then I would say, you know, you kind of work on who's soft, like who's <laughs> kind of ready to go, you know, like who, who's, who's the soft one in your family say, Hey, why don't you and I go to church? And before church, we'll, we'll go to breakfast together or after church, we'll go to lunch together or we'll go to that new donut shop after lunch. I don't think that's bad no. to like say, no. Hey, Sweet we're going to make this, we're going to make this attractive to you. And why don't we? Cause then guess what? you can I mean you know I think of Dr. Meg Meeker and strong fathers and strong daughters that that relationship with a father is so important or a son a son to be like hey son of mine let's go to church and then let's go you know throw a frisbee afterwards to the park and we'll grab some we'll grab some tacos like like, go ahead and leverage that like yeah. let that be a time with maybe one of your children and then you you make it bigger like hey do you guys hey it's not just for Timmy like everybody can come who wants to come this week And and work it that way I think that could really work because you're your goal and what you're praying for is, I want to win my house to Jesus. I want my wife, I want my kids to know Jesus. How can I do that in an attractive way? And I think this is a win because they're going to follow you eventually. As a father, you are leading that home.
1: I love it. I mean, perks. D.L. Moody built a Sunday school with hundreds of kids right here in a little place called, it was the Sands or Little Hell, it was referred to. Mm. And he incentivize them some might say bribed them but he incentivized them with pennies and lollipops (laughs) and you know what there's healthy incentives and we should not apologize for it arlene Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and even that quality time with that dad you know there might be someone who's not interested in church at all but they're interested in sitting next to their dad so they'll they'll do it so i think you know use all of those things
1: Arlene, I want to tell you, from the bottom of our heart, this has been amazing today. You are a pro, sister, and you are a blessing. Uh, Arlene Pelican, all of her resources, and I want to just spike this. She is the host of Happy Home Podcast. Happy Home Podcast. Now, you might say, oh, Happy Home Podcast and her books, and how do I find all these Rather than you going out and digging around, we've made it easy for you today, Boom Crew. Just
3: text the word parent to 312 274 Just text the word parent. This link is going to take you to Arlene's site. Uh, you can check out books, resources, the podcast. The most recent podcast episode, the title is Helping Teens Walk with Jesus. That ought to sweeten it for you. You want to listen to that episode, all of that and more. Just text the word parent
2: to 312-274-9624.
1: Arlene, from the bottom of our heart, thank you, sister.
2: This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, tremendous. Now go get a nap or get (laughs) breakfast or something. Yeah, later
2: this afternoon I'll be napping. Yes. All
1: right, Arlene, again, that link is parent to 312-274-9624.